Welcome to Frankly Speaking with State Representative Frank Ryan of the 101st Legislative District in Lebanon County. I'm Chuck Nichols, Representative Ryan. Welcome to another report to your constituents. This week, we'd like to talk about the state Supreme Court and how everyone is going to have an opportunity to vote on a replacement justice as we have one retiring in the next year. We also have to take a look at how the state Supreme Court operates in Pennsylvania and uh, some of the issues that has been brought up recently regarding that court. Can you tell us what's going on here, Frank, why it's so important for folks to be informed about this issue? Chuck, this is probably one of the most important issues that I think Pennsylvanians can deal with. I get an awful lot of constituents who ask me, said, you know, I'm so frustrated with government. What can I do? And one of the things I will ask is, this, did you vote when we had to replace some of our Supreme Court justices before? And they said, no, I didn't really know any of the candidates. And one of the problems that happens is that's a true or truism, quite candidly, for pretty much most people. I know I'm obviously pretty politically active, so I read up a good bit of the background. But I will also tell you that that wasn't always the case with me before I got involved. And it's hard to find out what some of the judges stand for. So we have a justice who's hit his 75th birthday, which means he has to retire in 2021, which means we have a vacancy in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Now, the person who's retiring is a Republican. And so uh, the mix in the court is now two Republicans and five Democrats. Now, it's kind of an interesting issue is that the party affiliation really shouldn't make any difference where the Supreme Court is concerned. It's a sad commentary that we even have to bring it up because justice is supposed to be blind. But we've seen so many decisions over the past 10 or 15 years in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court where that's just not the case. So let, let me just give you an example. We've had a Pennsylvania Supreme Court justice who's been impeached in the past. We've had a number of Supreme Court justices who have resigned because they either faced criminal indictment or significant scandal while in office. So this is not new about some of the issues that are going on. But in the current climate in Pennsylvania, with the Supreme Court justice who is currently retiring at age 75, the voters in Pennsylvania actually voted on a constitutional amendment to have the age drop to 70. And the Supreme Court said that the Supreme Court, the way the constitutional amendment was phrased, it was potentially ambiguous. So after they lost the vote, lowering it to age 70, they rephrased it in such a way that when it came back up a vote for the second time, voters thought the voting age was being lowered to 75 when it was currently 75. So as a result, that constitutional amendment that has passed the legislature and was put on the ballot, the Supreme Court, by their interaction for which they benefited themselves, altered that decision, which meant that a justice stayed around until age 75. Now, that's the kind of issue that we're dealing with currently. So as an example, in Pennsylvania, we have a Justice Wecht with whom I have currently and already filed impeachment charges against Justice Wecht. And the claims that we're making in it is that he's done a number of things. When he was running for office, he basically told people how he was going to vote. And you're not supposed to do that. You're not allowed to do that under the the code of, of judicial law where you broadcast and advertise how you're going to vote on a particular issue. He's also had a situation where he's had some interpretations of the Pennsylvania Constitution that are mind-boggling at best. In the case of a, a Pennsylvania Senate seat, candidate Ziccarelli 
had in two different counties, the ballots by the Supreme Court's actions were treated one way in one county and another way in another county. And by doing that, it allowed the incumbent, who was actually losing the race, to win the seat by just a few votes because the Supreme Court action determined it. Even in one case, the justice actually said, even though the case was clearly decided and the law was written this way, under this particular circumstance, I'm not going to look at it that way. So as a result, people like myself, when we're writing laws, Act 77 for the voting is probably a clear example. Myself and others are saying, how do we define the word shall? And that shouldn't be that hard. It is you will. There are no exceptions to that. And that's how it's always been understood, hasn't it? It has. There's been all sorts of court precedents. The word shall means it's not negotiable. You do it that way. But myself and others in the legislature, even in some of the other governmental agencies, we've had to sit back and say, how do you define the word shall? A dear friend of mine, Congressman Bob Barr, former Congressman Bob Barr, wrote a book called What's the Meaning of Is? Well, I almost feel like writing a book, What's the Meaning of Shall? So what we've said is with this Pennsylvania Supreme Court is this is insane that the public can't expect a fair and unbiased, non-politically charged interpretation of a document that's been adopted by the citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and candidly the United States Constitution. It's an issue that we want to see a jurist who's interpreting the law as it is written and not as they see fit under the circumstances of the moment. So as a result of that, we're trying to find ways to find a direct way to be able to circumvent over-influenced by a Supreme Court. So what we're asking everybody to do, know the candidates that are running, get active. They have a bigger impact on your life than you can possibly imagine. The Supreme Court has almost single-handedly stripped out some of your constitutional rights under Article One in the Pennsylvania Constitution, which is, is the equivalent of our Bill of Rights. The lockdowns are a perfect example. We have two measures on the ballot that the executive branch wrote relative to lockdowns based upon a constitutional amendment that almost read the exact opposite of what the legislature said in the bills that we passed. And they're setting themselves up for this interpretation that allows someone to say that that's not what was intended in the bill. What we passed in the bill was crystal clear to the most casual observer. The way the executive branch wrote the question on the ballot is mind-boggling to say the least. So we need to make sure that we get all citizens actively involved, know what it is you're voting on, know who it is you're voting for. Because if you want to know what you can do to prevent some of the debacle we've had during this pandemic, it's being an informed voter, know the impact that the Supreme Court has on you, and stand with your legislature and demand accountability of all three branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch. Representative Ryan, thank you for this informative report to your constituents. Keep us up to date on what is going on here with our rights. We appreciate your time. This has been Frankly Speaking with State Representative Frank Ryan.